You're listening to The Ron and Don Show. New episodes on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday in your favorite podcast app. Hey, what's going on, you guys? It's episode number 72, 73, and 74 coming your way. It's The Ron and Don Show, and why wouldn't we be? On the Ron and Don Radio Network, live from the shores of South Lake Union. Thank you so much for stopping by, and we want to thank everybody that has gone to glow.fm. Yeah, if you want to become an individual sponsor of the Ron and Don Show, we would love and appreciate that. You can do it at glow.fm slash Ron and Don Radio. We'll put it in the show notes. Here's how it works. You go out, just create an account, you like you log in, and then you say, hey, Ron and Don, I want to give you fill in the blank amount of money per month as a individual sponsor of the show and then it just happens each and every month yeah thanks for doing that you guys and don't forget we are sponsored by windermere ron and don our licensed brokers at windermere if you want to do a ron and don sit down in fact we just went and did one uh down in the south end all you have to do is write ron ron at windermere.com don o'neill at windermere.com we'll come to you like we did today or you can come to us and let's sit down whether you're buying investing or you're thinking about selling anywhere in your real estate journey, let's sit down. It's called the Ron and Don Sit Down. And again, brought to you by us and our good friends at Windermere. Somebody is retiring in the tennis world. I'm not a big tennis player, but she really is a superstar. The problem that I have is I don't know how to say Maria's last name Sharapova do you say Sharapova yes Maria Sharapova born in Russia and then uh, emigrated away from Russia yeah I just read an article in Vanity Fair and it's about her saying how much she has loved tennis she has known the game of tennis since she was a very little girl Uh, and now it is time for her to say goodbye to the game of tennis and she is beginning the process of doing that so what is kind of your reaction ron and have you ever had to say goodbye to not someone but something that you absolutely loved and in retrospect when you look back how'd you feel about i do have that i i think about maria sharapova in, in in this way she happened to coincide with probably the greatest tennis player we've ever seen in uh, the greatest sisters we've ever seen Venus and Serena Williams. And so if you put Maria Sharapova in a different era against different talent, like let's say you rewind her. So her career does not overlap with Venus and Serena. Then her, like, as you look at, if you just, if you just went by grand slams or you just went by tournament wins, she's, she's a a great player. She's a fine player. But when you compare them to like the Williams sisters or to uh, Serena, it's not even close. It's not even close. And I remember people talking about this in the Michael Jordan era. It's like, I happen to be a great, like Charles Barkley, Hall of Fame, top 50 player, no doubt about it. He just happened to play at the exact same window of time uh, as Michael Jordan. Same thing. uh, I got a a chance one time to interview Carl Malone. First off, gigantic human being. And I thought watching him on TV, I was like, he's kind of soft. Like he looked like a big sort of, uh, you know, a little bit soft guy. Not an ounce of fat on him. Incredibly fit. And it's like. Guy did not win a championship. You put him in the non-Michael Jordan era mm-hmm. and him in Stockton from Gonzaga University absolutely would dominate. Those guys would have ran off three, four, five, six championships, in my opinion. I think the same thing about Maria Sharapova. She was a very good player playing against great players. She could not beat Serena. Just couldn't do it. 
And so, the, and couldn't beat Venus a lot of the time. And so when you, you think about that, that's got to be heartbreaking because at a certain point, you bump up just against your natural abilities. I don't think she left anything on the court. I don't think that she, uh, you know, didn't practice hard enough or didn't have the right coaches or didn't have the right technique. She just happened to be against someone that was just a little bit better. And that's got to be tough to carry. Yeah, and you think about those tandems, the Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen tandem. And then you think about Carl Malone. Uh, and John Stockton. And the thing I love about Carl Malone, they called him the mailman, but the mailman could not deliver against Jordan. I did love the fact, and I've always wanted to do this, he owns a semi. And on the side of the semi, it just says the mailman, and he has a huge sleeper in the back. I think he has eight or nine kids, and when they were younger... They would just all ride in the sleeper. He just liked to drive it. He just liked driving a semi <laughs> right. around. And I'm like, oh my uh, gosh, if I had the kind of dough that the yeah. mailman had, I think I'd be driving around a semi too. Because my father uh, drove a semi. He's also a firefighter. I've always wanted you to buy one. I think yeah. you buy a used semi for cheap. <sighs> I was, you know I love trucks. And it's one of the reasons I love one. trucks so much is because I grew up riding around in my father's I truck. I got to say, you got a dump truck lately? Yeah. What's that? You look really good in your dump truck. Thanks. It got stolen, but that's another story for another day. You lift it up. You bring, lift it down. Bring Bring it home, though. Okay, I do bring, have it, bring it home. Gary Payton and and, and the Rain Kemp. and the Rain Man. They ran up against Jordan too, of course. So I think your point with Maria and with uh, the Williams sisters, I think it's spot on. It's a great point. My my thing that this reminded me of is, and I do not regret this ever for a, a second. I I, I, did, I was a senior in high school. I had played football. Since I was seven years old, my dad uh, was on the board uh, because he was a referee of Young American Football League, Albuquerque, New Mexico. You had to be eight to play. He somehow, I don't know how he pulled some strings, but he got me in at seven. So I started football at the age of seven, loved it. You and I, for whatever reason, were young children and then young kids that just loved to run into things as fast as we could and as hard as we could and and just absolutely loved that. I got to my, between my junior year and senior year, and you'll know all of these guys, I, I was asked or started to be in a band. And so it was my friend Danny, who's to this day one of the best drummers I've ever met in my life, uh, Damien, who played guitar, and Tommy, who had a mullet that you were trying to emulate, but his mullet was world-class mullet. Totally. And so we, we had a band. I loved being in this band. Uh, I thought I fancied myself as a musician, and I just figured that uh, I was going to be a rock star. Because that's what you do uh, when you're a junior in high school. You figure this is my destiny. I will be. A, I'm going to be the next. We're the next U2. We're going to come out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. We're going to blow up. And I saw how did, I told my dad that I was not going to play football for my senior year in high school. I was going to be the starting uh, defensive end. I had uh, played varsity for over two years, which is a rarity in our school. I I got the last few games of my sophomore year, which which happened very rarely. And so he was he was heartbroken. He wasn't going to tell me to not do it, but I could tell that he was heartbroken that we he had been to he he not only went to every game I ever played. He went to 90% of every practice I ever had. And you know this. If you were at just a regular, a Tuesday afternoon, we were practicing, you could look over to the sideline and my dad would be at the practice. He loved watching me play football. And so I went to, to my guys in the band and I said, I have to quit this band. I, I love being in this band. Oh, really? I, 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 this is the most fun I've ever had with three other guys. I love gigging. I love writing the music. I, didn't I know love that. practicing. And I said, I cannot commit to you 
and be on the football team, I said, I, I, I just, I have to play my senior year of football. Wow. And so those first two a days, I totally regretted it. So I was like, worst decision ever. <laughs> it's a hundred degrees. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Our two a days were brutal. Yeah. Bob up show. Why don't you come out here and do some two a days and three days and four days. <laughs> and yeah. so, but then once I did it, I, I never regretted it. That's awesome. Because I knew that it, it, and it was fun. I had a good, a pretty good season. We weren't great that year. Your teams were much better a couple of years before. We were fine. I think we had a, a winning record, maybe like six and four or whatever it was. We weren't that, that fantastic. Didn't make state. But I'm, I'm, I never, looking back, I never regret playing that. I got my letterman's jacket. I have a picture of me oh, cool. getting my letter and my dad wore my jacket because I was in my uniform. Uh, and I just, I don't regret it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I and I, I sort of knew that I, I really wasn't good enough in either thing to do it. Like I wasn't a good enough football player or a good enough band member to ever do it professionally. And it was sort of beginning to dawn on me. It's like these are fun hobbies, but I'm not a great athlete, and I'm not a great. So musician. did you did you did you regret then letting the band go? Was that was that. Was that was that tough for you? Even when you look back now, because we all it, it was you hard. were you were just over there reliving the days, the the, oh, the, the football days, and I was over here uh, starting to smell some fresh cut grass in the fall. Yeah, uh, and, I, and I, getting up at five o'clock in the morning to go do two. I days did regret days. it. Until, a lot of schools don't do anymore until so. the season started. Yeah, you know that long ramp up yeah. where it's like. Dude, I've done this for for you know since I was seven. I get. It. I know how to do a monkey roll. Yeah. I know. I, I trust me. I can monkey roll. Yeah. I can do the hep 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 and like do the ninety degree turn thing. Yeah. I can slap my helmet, slap my knees. I know. I got it. Right. My swim move. I got it. I got it. Yeah. No one can stop. You know, I had a great swim move. Yeah. You had a great swim move. I was three years older than you. Uh, still you am. Still are. Still believe am, it or not. Your dad, Bob, would be my referee sometimes. He's a good ref. Yeah, and I would come out, and, and I was lucky enough to be uh, to be one of the captains. And your dad was just flummoxed by the fact. He's like, does that work for you? <laughs> On the field? He's like, yeah. That, that little growl thing you do before you knock the hair out of somebody. He goes, does that work for you? And I said, Mr. Upshaw? You just watch. <laughs> you just watch. Because at the end of this game, you're going to look at the scoreboard, and you're going to see Don O'Neill, 22 tackles. And guess what, Bob? And I called him Bob. I would never call your dad Bob. I said, yeah. Mr. Referee, it works for me. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. See you in one minute. Sign up for the nation news at ronandonradio.com. People ask me, how do you put up with these two? My answer, good snacks and video games. All right, it's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network, and this is episode number 72, you guys. Thanks for stopping by. Ron and I really appreciate this. All brought to you by Ron and Don, where we sit down, licensed brokers at Windermere. It doesn't matter where you are in your real estate journey. We met with someone today, and she's just not sure. She's like, I have this money I want to invest but I need to learn more. And we're like, you know what? Why don't you take six months and go on a six-month journey of learning more about being a real estate investor and listen to this podcast and read these materials 
and go to these seminars and then decide if real estate is for you. Because you know what? The game of real estate is not for everyone. We'd love to sit down with you. Buy, sell, invest. Just reach out to us. Ron at Windermere.com. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. And speaking of real estate, can we stop the show here? For just, can we stop it? Stop the show. One of my favorite parts of real estate, and we see this on a lot of the television shows, is Demo Day. I just love Demo Day. I love putting a crowbar in my hand. I love picking up a sledgehammer. And I love destroying stuff. And I've gotten pretty good you at it. You are good at it. I've gotten pretty good at going in, putting on a helmet, and destroying stuff. And when I destroy stuff with some of my partners, some of my friends, Ron, you've come and done this. Uh, there, there's kind of a bond that happens. There's one thing you don't like is when you don't know that there's loose insulation above you and yeah. you rip out a ceiling and it just goes, <laughs> and there's like rat poop in there yeah. and there's insulation everywhere. Yeah. Anyway, if you ever want to come on a demo day with me, I do some personal projects. I'd love to bring you, take you, uh, just reach out to me. We'll pick up some crowbars. Ron and I have a couple fire helmets and we kind of get after it. Uh, but you were reading about a demo story that kind of got away from these guys. Well, there's, guess, right? there's, there's an accidental demo story and then a court-ordered demo story, and I find both of these fascinating. The first the accidental one takes us to Dallas, Texas, where you have a guy, believe it or not, in Texas. His name is either J.R. or it's Junior. Well, you're kidding. I don't know. Okay. And he is, he's been demolish. He's been demoing buildings for 35 years. Okay. A J.R. has done thousands of buildings, he I says. I might have met him when we lived in Dallas, yes. And uh, so his crew gets an assignment for this specific street. And they're like, okay, go out to this street, demo this house. And this is relatively common. This is a neighborhood that's up and coming. And so a lot of the older houses are being torn down, scraped, and then a new house goes up. And in, in Dallas, they really do think bigger is better. And Sia, uh, Texas likes things big. So the crew shows up. They see this house. It's about a 100-year-old house. It's, it's kind of charming, mm-hmm. but it's boarded up. And so uh, they have plywood on the door in the front and over the windows. The crew member, the, the chief of the crew goes out. He knocks on the plywood. They, they yell and make sure that nobody responds inside the house. Then they fire up uh, the demolition gear and they take down this little 100-year-old house in 15 minutes flat. Wow. Uh, that thing is gone pecan. Like, yeah. it is it is done. Mm. It's a giant pile of rubble. The guy's spraying the water on it. As he's spraying the water on it, the homeowner comes up and he's like, what are you guys doing to my house? And they're like, what do you mean? He's like, I just inherited this house. Right. And I promised the person before she died that I wouldn't tear it down and uh, I would renovate the house. Yeah. And they're like, uh, JR, what was the address to get on that house? So they demolished the wrong house. And so JR issued a statement. He did. JR's Demolition yeah. is a small family business who's been in the demolition business for 15 years. I, as the owner, have been in demolition for 35 years. Mm. And after many thousands of structure demolitions, this is the first incident <laughs> wherein the wrong structure was demolished. <laughs> There was nobody in the house, though, right? No, no, no. Nobody should, was in the I house. Should, I shouldn't be laughing. But yeah. it, the story goes is that a woman owned the house. Yeah. 
uh, she befriended uh, this man, and he promised her that he would not develop the lot. He would take care of the house on her deathbed. She uh, willed him the house, Mm. and then before he could get uh, everything permitted and done, some some, uh, transient people moved in. So he's the one that boarded it up Mm. while he sorted out his financing and his permits. And so, yeah, not a good day there. I think JR's demolition will be building a new house, but the sentimental value... Yeah, is 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 I don't know how you replace. I hope they don't sue each other because I think it was an honest mistake. It looked like the house that needed to be torn down on that street, and it just wasn't. But they didn't double check. I wonder if Jr. went in because because the thing that you care about, and and you've lost a couple homes in natural disasters before, so you know this. The things that you care about are the pictures. Yeah, I don't think. Or you were yeah. just talking about your Letterman's jacket, which I think you lost. I right? did lose that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it it's those things, or the guitars that you made, or for her. Family heirlooms. Those are those are the things you can't replace, right. or you can't go to the and store. They are demoed, and and they are, they are they are they have left the building. The second part of the <laughs> story, or they are under the building, takes so. us to uh, New York City, and this I think is just I don't know how this happened. There is a a, a condo tower on the Upper West Side of New York City. It's six hundred and sixty eight feet tall, mm. and they are are wrapping it up like they are putting the final touches on the very top of this skyscraper and these luxury condos in New York uh, I think they average somewhere between two and three point four million dollars each as you get up into those higher floors mm. well would it surprise you to learn that this developer uh, did some swapping back in the day for air rights and so I don't understand the complications in New York State but somehow if you're a developer you can go to neighboring buildings you can barter you can trade you can pay you can do these offset credits what's an air right air right is how high up you can build okay and so they in their mind because people in uh, uh, buildings around you are concerned about they don't want to lose their view I just had a two million dollar view and now it's down to a five dollar view right and so they um, in their mind they were permitted and and could build a 68-story building. Mm. The other people in the neighborhood were like, not so fast. Mm. So they sued and won. Uh, The developer appealed, went to the district court. Uh, The uh, other people won again, went to the state Supreme Court of New York State. They lost for a third time. The state Supreme Court said, yeah, we need you to remove... The top 20 floors on your brand new 68-story building. And you see pictures of this building. It is a beautiful New York building. They have to disassemble. And, And they already had their certificate of occupancy. People had already purchased these things. They were excited to move in because the view, none of the other buildings were that tall. So they had a spectacular view in New York City. 20 floors. They now have to chop off. The top of this building. You know what I would do? I'd call in JR from Dallas. Because <laughs> I bet he has a lot of time on his hands right now. Yes. And he knows how to take down a structure that's not even permitted, right? That is, that is true. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. If a move is in your future, do a Ron and Don sit down. Email ron at windermere.com. You're listening to my dad's podcast. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on ronanddonradio.com.
All right, look out now. Episode number 72 of the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron. I'm Don. There's the introductions. Uh, where's the staff? Uh, Charlie right now is outside taking a poop. Uh, Gio Neal's in the other room uh, working on his homework, and we're getting ready for... Ah! Getting ready. Is it... Was Is this, are we going to Black Belt Karate later? Is it Black Belt Karate? It's Taekwondo. Okay, Taekwondo. Anyway, what are we working on at home right now? Black Belt what? Black Belt Homework. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'll talk to you in a minute. All right, go back to homework. Uh, Black Belt Homework. We're going to see our friend uh, Mr. Carter a little bit later. He's one of our friends that flew over 300 missions in Vietnam off aircraft carrier. Of a perfectly good boat, which is crazy. Anyway, he's going to show up, and we're going to go do some black belt karate later. And we were telling you in episode number 69 about black belt courage, swim with the turtles. So if you want to go back and listen to that, uh, then go for that. Uh, let me ask you this, because I I don't think we've done this on the podcast. Can we stop the show a second time? I don't I think, think we've done this. Stop the show. A double stop. Yeah, a d- this is kind of outrageous right here, and and I'm not sure what to do. You took a picture the other day, a beautiful picture. It was just a stunning picture of myself, you. We were just talking about your father. Mm-hmm. Can you describe the picture okay, so that you I'm... posted and why you posted this picture? Because it has created a stir, a nationwide stir. And there are a lot of people specifically, even in our Midtown Windermere office, and yes, do I'm talking to you. Uh, that are, well, they basically think we're liar, liar, pants on fire. But you, you, So I was uh, opening up my Facebook, and as Facebook does, it reminds you of something you did years ago. Or a person that, that died that you yeah. don't want to remember, well, my, or someone you were married to that you don't want to remember right. you're married to, and Facebook is like, ta-da, remember this? And you're like, oh, I just forgot, I went to therapy for five years to forget about her, it's like, hey, remember your dead dog Lulu? Here's yeah. a picture from five years totally. ago. Totally, I don't know. Oh. I don't know why they do that. Thanks, Facebook. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about my dead dog, but yeah. now I am. And they're like, you and Tom have been best friends for nine years, and you're like, and then you see these pictures of you and Tom, and you're like, who the hell is Tom? Who is Tom? I so don't even know Tom. I got one of these alerts that said, "Hey, Ron, your your memories are important to us. Remember this from eight years ago." <laughs> And it was a picture of me and you of right around, I'm going to say 1991, maybe. Okay. 90, 91, 92. All right. Uh, Our friend Anthony was getting married. He asked us to sing at his wedding. Uh, The wedding colors were peach and silk. Had to be that had to be ninety two. Peach silk. Ninety two was a year of the peach. The the peach. The, so the, the photo. Peach, the peach cummerbund. Peach cummerbund. Yeah. Peach peach bow tie. Everything. Uh, you and I are standing um, outside of the church. Outside the church with my dad. We weren't welcome in. They made us sing from outside, right. and they microphoned everything in. They're like, we, we don't want to be struck. Dead. We did not have our we, tuxedo jackets on. We brought it down outside. With but Bob. we. Uh, it looked like we were going to prom. Yeah. But uh, with my dad. Your dad had his referee outfit he on. He did, which I thought was nice. And. Um, and I, mean, I think the, the defining feature of this photograph that people are commenting on is, A, that we look very young. Some people are like, yeah, right, you guys are childhood friends. We really did know each other from second grade. We did, this yeah. is when I was probably 20. You might have been 23. Yeah. Uh, and the defining feature, 
is I have hair down to basically my chest. Yep, cool hair, man. It is long, yeah. all one length, curly. Like I look like um, like I was trying out for the band Warrant. You look no, you look somewhere between Jesus and Bono. Yeah, it was just long you, hair. I had very long hair. Yeah, Don has a. You're a Gibano. Gibano. You are. You look like Gibano. You're sporting, and I think this is getting the biggest reaction. It is a mullet of epic proportions. It's a Rod Stewart back in the day soccer it, uh, mullet. It's beyond that. You is it have, really? You have about a not the a short cropped flat top, but like a two inch. Two and a half inch. Some people called it a flock of seagulls esque <laughs> flat top. And then that's a, a lot. I put butch wax in that. It's a lot of butch wax. You have very straight, fine blonde hair. Yeah. And so the mullet part in the back <laughs> is long. Like you grew yeah, that thing out. I did. And it was perfectly straight <laughs> and it kind of flared out at the bottom. Yeah. And so it's a pretty tight flat top in the front. Yeah. In well past your shoulder, yeah, in the old. back. Oh, yes. And you are rocking that mullet with a peach cummerbund. Sometimes, what is the reaction? I've some, been- okay, well, sometimes because I work, I worked at this. It, it when you couldn't online date and you would have to go to this place called Great Expectations. I worked in their phone room, and what I used to do is I had to take that hair. I would put that in a ponytail oh. with the flat top, and then wow. I, and then I would tuck that behind my shirt. So that's so, a look so that I could go to work and I could still close people uh, with that. And then I still had my own, my old brown tie from when I worked at first cafeteria the other thing, with, had a flashback. With, with, with gravy all over it from when I was 15. You and I during that era also were convinced we could wear vests. Yes. We were like, you know what? <laughs> You know what goes great with this mullet flat top combo? It's a vest. Yeah. It's a knit like vest. Knit vest. With like stripes and things on it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, people doubt that we were wedding singers, especially Stu, specifically at the office. We totally sang that wedding. He doubts that we were wedding singers. And not only were we Please. wedding singers in that wedding, were we wedding, you sang in your sister Leslie's wedding, and then we sang in one more wedding, I thought. Didn't we sing in two weddings? We might have sang in a couple. We've done a lot of things. We've cleaned carpets. We've served yogurt. We've thrown papers. Uh, we've sold cars. I've sang in at least two and a half weddings. I think we saw I'm going to have to think about it because I think... You might have done a solo uh Well, I sang with my brothers and wedding. sisters at my, my grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary. And then the next day, they got a divorce right after that. So, and so that's a short wedding. They've been together. You and Neil's know how to rock a wedding. Anyway, so this is what I'm suggesting. And I told Stu... That we would commit to this. That we would practice a wedding song. And in one of the coming episodes of the Ron and Don show, uh, we will perform. I don't think we can do all six verses of the Troubadour, which is the song that we sang. And I still remember all the words. Uh, And it's a G, a C, a D, an A minor, an A minor 7, A minor 7 sus. And then we're going to go to a D9, and we're going to walk Is that, that. the, when a man shall leave his mother? Totally. <laughs> I remember that That's song. what we sang. And so I'm wondering, and then there's a Rascal Flat song that, that we did, too. Can we practice? Can I did you- the, the Long Highway Home or the Every Road Leads Back to You song or whatever. Every Broken Road. Every bro- the Broken Road. Every Broken Road. I did the Broken Road. Leads to a divorce. Right. Losing half my wealth <laughs> and having an affair. Thank you, Rascal Flat. Anyway, are you with me? 
Sure, I'll work a. All right. Ooh, that's a. You know what? One, getting, one hold on. Hold one, on. Before one, I agree one, to this, one, do you want to triple? Before st- I agree, do you want to triple stop the show? No. Do you want to triple stop? I, I was just looking at the numbers, and I'm. This seriously is causing me to pause. We're at three hundred thousand people right now. I know. I don't know if I want to sing. I'm not in more singing people that shape. listen to this than listen to us on terrestrial radio. It's I made our sing, real estate business incredible right I'll now. Sing we're in so front of we're so appreciative. Stu and his husband. I'll sing in front of them. I don't know if I want to sing in front of three hundred thousand. My my voice is not in 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 performance mode right now. You know that's a yes. We're gonna do it. We're gonna dedicate Stu and husband. Jim. What's that in Jim? It's gonna go out Stu and you know what? Let's do Stu and Jim's wedding. I think they're already married, though. We're going to renew their vows. Let's renew their vows. We're going to renew their vows, and then we're going to sing to Stu and Jim in the coming days. How about we do that? I'm in on that. It's the Ron and Dawn Show. Thanks for stopping by. Episode number 72. You guys mean the world to us. We really do appreciate you. And thank you for sitting down with us on your real estate journey. Whether you're buying, selling, investing, reach out. Ron at Windermere.com. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Hey, how's the black belt homework going? Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Dawn Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. <laughs>